Are you an SDR, BDR, or ADR who's ready to step up to management? Are you a current team lead or SDR manager who wants to go to the next level in your career? Join 10Bound on May 18th, 2017 in downtown San Francisco for an immersive half-day live training class where we'll cover sales development culture building, recruiting, team management, metrics, and designing your own career as a sales development professional. You don't want to miss this exclusive opportunity. Sign up today at 10Bound.com slash events. That's 10Bound.com slash events. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. I am thrilled, absolutely thrilled to get the next guest on the show. Um, We've been uh, playing tag for months now, it seems. This is a very busy man. I finally got Brian Walton from LinkedIn, the Director of Sales Development at LinkedIn. Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, David. I'm delighted to be here. And clarify your title. I know that you've had a title change recently. Um, what, what's your current mm-hmm. title, Brian? Yeah, so I, I am the director of sales development at LinkedIn. Um, we have a pretty large organization. There's about 350 or so uh, members of the LinkedIn sales dev organization globally, uh, including uh, leadership. And so I currently lead the Americas teams for the sales solutions business. So I'm sure most of you listeners are familiar with Sales Navigator. That's the product that we bring to market in my division, and I lead the uh, organization in the Americas. Excellent. Okay, so I want to go into all of the different responsibilities that you have there because that that I know that'll be really interesting to everyone. Um, but how did you how did you find yourself at LinkedIn and becoming a leader in the sales development space? Yeah, so I've been in sales pretty much my entire career, um, even including some internships and, and jobs that I had in college. So I've always had a, a strong affinity for the sales function. Prior to LinkedIn, I spent a number of years at a, a public relations software company and. They uh, were a smaller company, and so I was interested in, in moving to a larger organization where there was a bit more headroom as far as uh, development and just career mobility. And at that time, this was like late 2011, LinkedIn obviously had IPO'd. They were really on a tear, and I was just super fascinated by the product and the mission. I obviously was a big user of the platform as a, as a sales leader. And they were hiring into the talent solutions organization, a new leader in the West Coast. So I initially came in in that role, leading an AE team, and we were selling the recruiting products over there. And then um, in the beginning of 2015, I moved into sales development leadership. And the reason I moved into the role was uh, a couple different things. One is I had historically been in sales, like frontline sales leadership for a number of years. And so I was interested in uh, changing it up a bit, you know, perhaps uh, managing managers, taking on somewhat of a different functional area of the business and or uh, expanding my scope geographically because I had always been focused on uh, pretty much the Western United States um, as far as my territory. And so uh, this role presented itself. And at the time, it was a global role. We were, we were pretty small then. Uh, so it was leading global sales development for sales solutions. And uh, I mean, I was really, really excited about it uh, for you know many reasons. It, it checked a, a number of the boxes that I was seeking personally, but also I love coaching. I love working with uh, early in career sales professionals. And so 
you know, to lead an organization that by definition is, is in place to do that at scale uh, just seemed like a perfect fit. And, uh, you know, to do it across borders, different countries and, and learn about um, how we do business in those markets and also learn about the people in those markets was an added bonus. So, so it was a lot of fun. Uh, scaled the team from four teams to eight uh, in you know uh, uh, a number of the you know big continents of the world as you can imagine and uh, and now more recently we've uh, reorged a bit and so I'm leading the uh, Americas function specifically so I've been able to cut down on the travel which has been nice but uh, it's been a it's been a great ride oh that's amazing I love the walk down memory lane you know <laughs> it takes, yeah it takes you back. Totally. You know, that that's interesting because you've been there for quite a while. How has the function, I know this is a big question, but how, how has the function changed over the years and, and reorg, you know, now you find it reorging again. I'm sure it's a constant process, but, you know, just kind of yeah. uh, in a nutshell, you know, how has it kind of changed over the years? Yeah. So before I, I got into the, the SD function, uh, I think sales dev had been around for probably, you know, three, four years prior to that. But it was largely in place in support of our talent solutions business. And so as we've grown and as we've expanded our uh, you know, product portfolio at LinkedIn, so as we've moved into the sales um, space, as we've moved into you know, marketing solutions and, and uh, you know, B2B advertising to professional space, uh, now into the learning space through the Linda acquisition, we've had to continue to innovate and refine the sales development function pretty substantially. You know, the, the playbook that uh, uh, that worked best in support of our talent solutions team uh, doesn't exactly work the best in all of our other lines of business, you know, for a number of reasons. You know, one of them is that, you know, the customers are different. The way they buy is different. Our just overall go-to-market strategy is different in each of those lines of business. So, that, so the SD function has had to evolve accordingly. I think we've also, uh, you know, evolved our thinking around uh, talent and how to bring in the best talent, how to develop it, and then ultimately promote it off into other parts of the sales organization. It's always been a core part of our mission and, and you know, a place where we focus a ton of our time. But I think we've gotten, you know, more sophisticated. We've, we've, we've learned, we've made some mistakes and, and made um, quite a bit more headway on how we think about that journey for uh, a member of the sales development team and, and how to, um, you know, really be stewards of their career and, and set them up for success long term while also uh, making sure that they deliver the impact of the business while they're in the role that is required for us to hit our, our business targets. So it's, um, yeah, changed dramatically. And then, you know, even within the lines of business, you have nuances. So in sales solutions, for example, we have uh, teams that are focused strictly on uh, the acquisition of customers, of new customers. We also have teams, sales development teams that are focused on growing uh, our footprint within existing customers. And so those two teams, you know, fundamentally are doing very similar work, but the way that they operate the way they partner with their peers on the sales side of the uh, of the organization organization is uh, is a bit different so, so there's a lot of just you know tailoring and, and customization that we've done over the years and it's uh, it's been really cool oh man okay i've got a million questions because uh, this is so interesting to, to and, and by the yeah. way uh-huh. and by the way sorry to cut you off there okay. and that isn't even that isn't even really hitting in on the inbound side of things where mm. 
Uh, we've made a uh, massive transformation over the years. Historically, we had it organized very much in a line of business way. They were, they were discrete teams. And um, now we've uh, pretty much globally consolidated the inbound organization into a cross line of business team. So the reps that are in that organization today are able to uh, respond to and process a lead from any line of business and tee it up for an account executive in any line of business as well. So that's been uh, a very dramatic transformation for us because you know we, we one day had to take people who only had a real proficiency in one area and then overnight essentially teach them all these other lines of business. And you know, ultimately, as you can imagine, what we're pursuing there is a again developing our reps so that they can pretty much go anywhere in the company that they want because they now have the product knowledge. But B, we also, you know, from a, a load balancing and, and capacity planning perspective, know that if you know any rep can handle any lead, your uh, likelihood to get to a lead quickly and increase conversion is is that much higher. So. That's been a, a big transformation as well, and uh, um, so far it's been it's, it's been really successful. Oh man, I love this! I've got total confirmation bias because I'm a huge fan of consolidating the inbound team and have, and having mm -hmm. them all. I mean, you know, you could have them all under one roof, really, not parceled out by territory, which is how some teams do it. Um, yeah. So, and I wanted to ask you about that with the structure that you were describing. At the beginning, um, that we were talking about, that was your outbound structure, um, correct? And then, um, you, yep. are you also involved in inbound? Um, and how how is that structured? Yeah, so I don't I don't lead inbound teams today outside of the uh, Latin American market. So in in LATAM, uh, we obviously have a, a smaller presence. You know, we're, we're we're just over the last few years breaking ground out there as a as a you know on the ground sales organization. So I actually run inbound in that region for all lines of business, um, chiefly because of a, a, it being kind of a subscale market today. And um, I uh, thought it'd be fun to, to take that on. But otherwise, I do not um, directly lead any of the inbound organizations uh, globally. Uh, that said, I work very closely with a woman named Megan Ketchum, who leads it in the Americas. And then we have some leaders in other regions. And so, you know, as it relates to general strategy uh, with the sales development organization. We're partnered pretty closely and, and um, share a lot of ideas and, and uh, principles about how to run SD. Okay. Okay, great. So let's talk about the structure then on the outbound side. Um, do, do you have it structured by territory? Um, is it by pod? Uh, you know, how do you have that yep. set up to support the sales org? Yeah, yeah, good question. So when I first came into the organization, we had essentially organized by geos. Um, so specifically, we had a team in San Francisco, a team in Toronto, a team in New York. And those teams were pretty much covering prospecting and, and you know, pipeline development for all of the different uh, customer segments for the sales reps in that local market. So it was very much, you know, sort of a geo-based model. It was optimized for uh, the SDs being close proximity to the reps they were supporting. Um, we, we ran that model for a couple of years, one of which I was in charge of it uh, when I first stepped in. And then um, one of the changes I made coming into 2016 was to reorg uh, the business more around the segments we supported. So what that meant was that 
the team, for example, in San Francisco, instead of supporting all reps in all segments, they instead uh, focus exclusively on our mid-market enterprise prospecting efforts in North America. And similarly, the teams in the other cities focus on a, a discrete you know, segment of the business that they're driving pipeline for. And that was um, a fairly easy transition. And I'd say overall, it's been a big win for us for a couple of reasons. Um, one is that the manager of those teams now, I, I say, uh, has a lot more sanity because they're, they're literally able to go you know, very deep in a particular segment then, you know, be sort of the, the horizontal leader trying to trying to appease all of the segments. Right. Um, secondly, for the reps, you have a similar outcome where they're able to just go really deep into, into the segment they support and support um, AEs or, or relationship managers of a similar you know, profile versus, you know, covering uh, lots of different kind of customer segments all, all together. Um, Another benefit is that the team is able to just more closely align with the sales organization and the leadership in that segment. So my leader in San Francisco has a very tight relationship with our uh, North American director of mid-market enterprise. And so they're able to, again, just go far deeper, better align on things like account-based marketing, uh, better align on um, incentives, SPIFs, you know, strategy, you name it. And that just wasn't possible before. Um, you know, and then at the end of the day, the, the big risk we assumed was if you removed the, the, the geolocation, so if, if, if you removed the proximity between the SD rep and the reps they were supporting, which is, which is more the case now because we have reps all around the country, would you, would you see product, productivity suffer? And the answer by and large has been no. Um, we had to overinvest in uh, being prescriptive about how that relationship should work, what are the best practices for the SD when they meet with their rep and, and, and strategize, you know, how do they use the video conferencing technology so there's a bit more of like a, you know, a face to the name rather than just a voice over the phone. Um, and, and so for, for, buying, you know, for the most part, we've been able to mitigate um, any real concerns on, on that dimension and, and see a lot of big wins on all those other areas that I mentioned. And so that was a big change that we made and we've maintained that. And uh, it's been uh, also quite nice for myself because I'm able to, you know, spend some time thinking bigger picture rather than uh, getting too deep into the weeds on, on some of the segment level priorities. Excellent. Okay. That's, that's interesting. So tell me about um, how you are monitoring and, and tracking the the new initiatives that you're putting in. So it, you, you said over the last few years, you've, you've been iterating on the program and improving it based mm -hmm. on, on what you're seeing. How do you, how do you go about doing that? What's your process of staying on top of things and then saying, okay, we're going to, I think we need to change something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, we have uh, too many, metrics, frankly. Um, you know, we're a, we're a data-driven organization. There's, there's no shortage of things to track. You know, I'd say there's sort of like categories of things that we pay the most attention to. As it relates to talent, we have um, some very, you know, useful analytics to determine when sales development reps move into their post-SDR careers. How do they perform relative to external hires? And so we, we track that 
carefully and we're able to share you know some of that data with uh, uh, hiring managers on the sales side to just you know uh, reinforce the message that your best bench of talent is in fact internally um, so that's that's like one uh, metric that we rely on uh, from a talent perspective um, on the more of like the pipeline productivity side uh, there there's a few things that we maniacally track um, one of them is you know obviously activity and just you know, are we producing the volume of activity that we uh, that we need to produce, as well as the composition of activity, you know, calls in mails, emails, uh, etc. We track, uh, you know, net new opportunities generated. Um, so which is, you know, a, a good indication of is is the SD well uh, marrying the quantity and quality, you know, that they need to achieve each day to get the, the right outcome. Uh, obviously, like most organizations, you know, the rate, rate at which those opportunities are, are accepted and, and qualified by the sales organization. And then ultimately, you know, bookings, of course, you know, what, what's the outcome um, relative to, to our plan. So those are like, you know, at, at the top of the stack of the metrics that we track, um, you know, you, you go beyond that. And like a lot of SD organizations, we get into some some of the more um, along the journey of the funnel metrics, you know, conversion rates by stage, you know, win rates, overall win rates, deal sizes, you know, things like that 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 aren't too uncommon. Um, but uh, but yeah, we, we tend to focus on on those types of metrics. We believe they're most meaningful. And um, you know, at the end of the day, if you're hiring the right people. And uh, managing them, managing them against those those KPIs, you're you're generally going to get the result that you want. So so that's uh, that's that's us. Yeah, and and, and so that, by the way, that sure. that is uh, obviously a bit more of an outbound statement. You know, if you look at um, the the inbound side, all of the traditional stuff there as well, time to touch, number of touches, you know, SLA attainment, uh, etc. So uh, also probably not too uncommon. Okay. Okay, great. And then just at a high level, how are the SDs, you know, comp at LinkedIn? Is it by the uh, ops? Mm -hmm. Is it by the, is there an activity component, stuff like that? Yeah. So we, um, as far as how you're paid, it ultimately comes down to a combination of qualified opportunities and bookings that you drive. Uh, we're, we're a bit heavier weighted on the volume of qualified opportunities than the bookings, but, but they're both, you know, very important. We also, it's it's less about how they're paid like day to day, more about how we manage them and and sort of manage their career and their overall progression as a professional here. We use a framework at LinkedIn uh, called Leadership Leverage and Results to, to to really measure all employees. And the way that kind of breaks down simply is that leadership is is how you um, inspire others towards a shared result while upholding our culture and values. That's like the highest order definition of it. And there's you know a, a lot of additional detail that helps one define what that means depending on your role in the company. But but that at the highest level is is what uh, that means. Leverage is 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 more the concept of like thinking globally, scaling 10x, like doing more with less. So do you? have a propensity to share your best ideas and think about the application of them broadly, or are you sort of lone wolfy and you're, you're kind of keeping things to yourself, right? And then results a little bit more straightforward, like do you hit your numbers or, or do you not? And so what happens is that the SDRs, uh, SD leadership, et cetera, are all um, given a, a career performance 
profile that defines what greatness looks like across those three dimensions for their role. And then on a um, semi-annual basis, we formally rate people against those categories. And it's that rating that very much determines your eligibility for, you know, uh, pay raises, promotions, any kind of internal mobility you're pursuing is going to be heavily dependent on that. So um, that's kind of how we pull it all together and like normalize across the company, across roles. And uh, I, I find it's it's a really amazing system. In part, I like the leverage piece a lot because a lot of companies are trying to, you know, really um, incentivize the sharing of, of tribal knowledge more. And so if you're literally measuring your employees against how well they share ideas and, and think outside their own little box, then there's a real incentive for those employees to deliver there. And, and that, that helps the company win. So it works quite well. Oh, man, this is amazing. This is great. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, God, I've really been involved with companies that don't measure on this at all. I mean, they measure mm -hmm. on the results, but pretty much everything else is kind of like not even looked at, really, except maybe on a once a year performance review, for example, yeah. um, where it's just, yeah. you know, a few lines on a piece of paper, you sign it, and you're done, you know, um, but and I really like the leverage aspect too, because um, if you're if all your good ideas are locked up in your head and you're not sharing them with anybody, then the organization's not really pushing forward, right? <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too is that um, you know obviously it's a sales organization and results matter, and and they are the heaviest weighting in that 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 score. But, you know, there are circumstances, as every sales rep knows, where, um, look, it, it's a challenging year. Like there may be some like significant macroeconomic headwinds that you're facing. And if you're doing all the right things and you've got the right attitude and you're, you're, you're thinking about ways to, uh, you know, drive the business forward and overcome adversity and you're inspiring your peers and, and keeping a positive attitude, you know, we don't want that person to feel like they had a, a really terrible year because they were uh, had a hard time, you know, hitting quota. Right. So so results are, you know, like I said, a, a primary metric in that that overall score. But um, I think it's important to uh, staff a company with well-rounded individuals and, and people who are able to contribute in, in many ways. And that that's ultimately like been a key to our success as an organization. It's amazing. You see, really. The best of breed companies out there, they think through stuff like this so much differently than most companies. I, I mean, your average company, um, you know, they might do some lip service to this, but really the the LinkedIn's, the Salesforce, the Google, you know, those those really top flight companies, they have all this stuff. They've put a lot of focus on this and have it worked out mm -hmm. and laid out for, you know, even someone coming in as an entry-level SD, you know, they've got everything set up for them. So this is great right. insight. Yep. You know, I, I think just to shift gears, Brian, a lot of the people that listen to this are probably interested in the way that you use your own product at LinkedIn mm -hmm. and and how the, the sales development reps, everyone lives in LinkedIn, you know, throughout the day if you're in sales development. But, you know, as you look at your team and leveraging the product, you know, how do you guys use LinkedIn? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, as you would imagine working at LinkedIn, we've been able to, uh, create a lot of, uh, 
really interesting homegrown tools that I, I won't speak a lot about, but but they certainly um, make uh, you know pursuing the right people at the right time with the right message easier. Actually, some of those. Uh, what were sort of you know projects internally to enable salespeople were in some ways the genesis of what Sales Navigator is. So so we've we've very much baked a lot of that thinking and that technology into the products that we're we're now bringing to market. I, I think like if I look at my my own team, you know we we obviously representing Sales Navigator and and social selling are are heavily heavily dependent on our own product, right? So. You know, if, if I'm or, or one of my reps rather is trying to break into an account, let's say on the outbound side, the first thing that we're always going to look for is how can I break into this account or, or make contact with this individual via a common relationship that we have. And, you know, so we'll we'll use TeamLink to find who that person is and, and reach out to them and ask for that introduction. I mean, that that time and time again has proven to be the most effective way to break in to particularly like senior level people with uh, relatively minimal effort. You know, it, it, it's not a, uh, a mail merge, you know, it, it, it uh, you're not going to hit a lot of people at once doing it that way. It's, it's a, it's a one-to-one effort, but you know, if you, if you find the right connection and you empower them with the message as to why the, the other person should engage and, and should engage now, um, for the most part, that person will will make the introduction. They will uh, connect you with that that you know target contact, and you know, and off you go. So that's that's absolutely um, you know the first arrow in the quiver. Uh, from there, if if that's not possible, or if the uh, mutual connection isn't strong, which you know is often the case, then um, typically we will overinvest in a very high quality message. And you know, obviously through Sales Navigator, we can tell you a lot about the people you're targeting. If those people are very active on LinkedIn, you can get uh, a very good sense of what's top of mind for them. Um, but then also there's, of course, a ton of other resources online that would tell you more about the company and, and what's important to them, who they're competing with, et cetera. And so my reps you know, basically have a mandate that, that you will very creatively pull together a message that you think is going to appeal to this person. And, you know, in some cases, those messages will take, you know, 15, 20 minutes to pull together. But the hit rate is is incredible. I mean, you know, our response rate to those messages is upwards of 60 to 70 percent in some cases. And, you know, even I, I tell the reps, even if you get a no, not now, I mean, that is a small victory in, in the overall you know, battle, right? Because at least at least you've made a connection and, and you have a better sense of, of the when down the road. But the fact is, is that, you know, like like I'm sure you would agree, David, if you get a really thoughtful communication from someone that has clearly done their research, you know, it, it's hard not to respond to that. And, you know, uh, we, we still believe that the the majority of sales professionals in the world are just not practicing that enough and they're more more focused on the the low quality high volume game which can work but it's it's sort of diminishing returns and and frankly I don't think a lot of reps really enjoy doing that work I think they would have a lot more fun if they sort of flexed their business acumen muscle and spent a lot more time doing you know some really high quality research and uh, tried to pe- appeal to that sort of psychological game of like, how can I get this individual to want to respond to me now because of how much thought I've put into this? So 
those are the overarching, you know, leading strategies that we apply. And then, you know, I'd say um, there are moments where, you know, for the sake of follow up, for the sake of, um, you know, just trying to catch someone, you you need to employ traditional channels. And so we, we definitely advocate a multi-channel effort. But whether you're making contact by phone or in the written form, I think if you're not prepared to have a tailored conversation with someone, you are definitely not set up for success. And so that that's absolutely the, the strategy we live by on my team. Excellent. Okay. It's kind of a tall order to ask a, a sales development rep who maybe is just a couple of years in, in their career to, to have a business conversation, you know, right? A couple of <laughs> yeah. years into their career. So how do you, how do you get them the the knowledge and the, the training to be able to craft that personalized email and even have a, a good conversation with someone if they're able to catch somebody on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that uh, truthfully is one of the biggest challenges that we face in leadership and, and you're spot on. I think, you know, a lot of that, that knowledge does, does just come from experience and, and by and large, the folks that, that are in these roles don't have a ton of it. So, so that is, that is absolutely the, the challenge. And, you know, there are some sort of programmatic things that we do through onboarding and, and continuing education. I mean, we, we obviously leverage our um, LinkedIn learning platform and some of the courses we offer there to, to get our folks more exposure to those types of things. Um, but, but a lot of it does come with experience. And I think, you know, we spend a lot of time coaching reps and training reps on just sort of the fundamentals of what a sales leader or a marketing leader really cares about. Because, you know, it's easy to get caught up in, you know, some of the the information that you find on LinkedIn and, and a blog post that the person has written or whatever and think that, you know, by by piecing together those insights, you will um, you know, automatically get a, a qualified opportunity. But the reality is, is that, that that might get you the contact, but it won't it won't always get you the opportunity. Um, you have to deliver a strong value proposition and and act like, you know, or, or demonstrate that, you know, what's going on. And so I think a lot of that does just come with experience and, and but really spending time ensuring that you understand like how people do very fundamental things in business, like prioritize their time, make decisions, weigh trade-offs. You know, if I've got all of my budget committed to one thing and I've got to consider um, your product now, I'm going to have to sunset another product or go to my CFO and ask for more money or take my number up if I'm a sales leader to justify the the added expense I'm about to incur. So I think I think if you can spend some time with reps really educating them to like the fundamentals of how business leaders think, give them sort of the the nuances of like the functional things that that business leaders think about and how how they make decisions and prioritize their time, you're you're, you know, um, somewhat along that journey, but a lot of it then, then just becomes like, can the rep apply it and can they, um, you know, work up the courage to just keep, keep going after it and, uh, and, and learning. Yeah. And you know, that's something that we talk about for the SDRs that are listening or the SDR managers that's, uh, you know, folks don't take a, as, as much advantage of trying to get inside the head of the prospect or the buyer. And mm -hmm. even just if reaching out within your own company and having lunch with whoever the, you know, equivalent buyer is at your own company to understand, you know, hey, what keeps you up at night? What are your main priorities? What are you working on right now? You know, like I said, it's hard for someone who's just a couple of years into the workforce to understand what a VP of sales 
is going through and, and how hard their job is and w- where you fit in the context of their day. And so, you know, I, I encourage everyone take advantage of if you sell to the VP of sales, go talk to the VP of sales of your own company <laughs> and take them oh, out yeah. to lunch. Go, go talk to other VPs of sales and try to understand as much as you can about their problems and pain points because, you know, you, you're, you're injecting yourself into their day. And so you better have something valuable to talk about, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's spot on. And, and I think like when you do make contact, one of the things that I, I share with all the reps is, you know, remember that at the end of the day, this is just two human beings communicating. And, you know, we have our sort of different ways of looking at the world and, and you know, different lifestyles, et cetera. But, but by and large, I subscribe to the idea that, like, we all want happiness. We all want success, you know, et cetera. And so if you go into it, you know, wound up thinking that you're talking to some, like, foreign species, uh, that will translate to probably a, a, a mismanagement of the conversation. But if you, if you literally have a normal chat with someone and ask questions and tell them how you think and, you know, weave in the insights that you've learned through that conversation with your own VP of sales, you know, you're going to you're going to make a connection that people will, I think, appreciate and respect a lot more. And you'll you'll be a whole lot farther along on that journey. Yeah, it, it may, that makes yeah. it a lot less awkward. I, I like that. Mm-hmm. Just realizing that, hey, it's two, two human beings. We're out, out you know, trying to get stuff done. And, and, you know, it's a business conversation during business hours. I mean, we're not doing anything, yeah. anything shady here. Um, and, and so, you know, <laughs> it's, come on, if, um, if I'm, if I'm an SDR and I'm thinking, God, you know, Brian, I'm going to, I'm looking at my notes here. I'm going to work on my business acumen. I'm going to understand my buyer. I'm going to work on my leadership leverage and results, make sure that those are all on point. Do you have any other advice that you would you know, in part to an SDR or an SDR manager that would help them to, you know, achieve more in their career? Yeah, you know, I, I'll say, uh, I'll share a, a simple framework. I, I wish I could take credit for it, but um, it has uh, come from our CEO, Jeff Weiner, and uh, he, he's actually published it as a post for those who want to look it up on LinkedIn. But uh, he, he, he has a Venn diagram, and one circle is the ability to dream big. One circle is know how to have fun. And the third circle is get shit done. And in the post, he says, I want to work with people who occupy the center. And so I think, you know, I, I love that. It's, it's so basic and yet so true. And so, you know, I think wherever you are, it applies. And, um, that, you know, I, I think that's, you know, aside from all those other things that I shared that, that you, you also mentioned, I think that's, that's, that's something that I think is super important. Dude, I love that, especially the have fun part. I think that that's very easy to get lost yeah. in the daily shuffle and the stress and, you know, trying to make your number yep. and, and, and hit all your activities. And, you know, the sales development can be a really tough job. Um, and so remember to have a good time um, as much as you can, because, you know, uh, that's that's an important part of the Venn diagram that you're describing. So that's great. Yeah. So, Brian, yeah. what um, they look like yeah. uh, most of our waking hours are spent doing it. So it, it ought to be uh, it ought to be enjoyable. Well, I remember when I came to the LinkedIn office, I mean, it just seems like a really great environment. And I, I think the culture that you guys have built has obviously, you know, been very successful and, and will continue to be. It was, it's, it was, that was a wonderful experience. And, 
you know, as you look out over your next, you know, uh, near and and far term future, what what are you excited about right now that you're working on or something that's coming up for you yeah. in the future? Yeah. So um, not not so much for me personally, but I'd, I'd say for the sales function, I'm I'm incredibly excited. Um, you know, there's uh, a ton of innovation, as you well know. Uh, sales development is a massive benefactor of that um, you know, technological innovation that's hitting the space. But what I'm um, particularly excited about is, uh, you know, for, for LinkedIn um, specifically and how we can help the sales uh, professionals of the world is just a lot of the work that we're doing around, you know, increasing that that pursuit of sort of that system of engagement type type reality where a sales rep can literally find the right people, know what to say and when to say it. And do that in sort of a repeatable, predictable way, unlike they've ever been able to, to to achieve in the past. I mean, I remember when I first got into sales, I'd spend like an hour, you know, researching uh, before every meeting, uh, scribbling things down in a notebook, uh, you know, running off to the, to the meeting and trying to like cobble together all the things I, you know, uh, had written down. And, and nowadays, you know, for those that use Sales Navigator, I mean, you you have literally all of those insights plus. Uh, you know, sort of an unprecedented, you know, professional relationship map really like in the product right in front of your face for every account. And so I'm just like super excited. I mean, obviously it's great for LinkedIn, but I think, you know, as a career salesperson and anticipating that I will go, you know, to another company at some point and that a lot of people I work with will will work all over the world at different companies. I'm just really thrilled for how we can um, continue to innovate and, and revolutionize the function and, uh, you know, make people more successful, make the buying experience more pleasant and, you know, truly elevate the sales profession, which is uh, our mission here at Sales Solutions. So, so that's what I'm most excited about. No, I'm very excited. And like I said before we started, I've been such a huge fan of LinkedIn. I joined LinkedIn in 2006. So <laughs> I don't know when you guys started, yep. but it was, yeah, I mean, in many ways. <laughs> so, um, and I've just, it's been amazing to see its development. And it's one of those handful of websites like Craigslist, you know, Google, like that have made a huge difference in my life personally, meeting people, getting jobs, you know, connecting. And I just, I'm such a huge fan of what you guys do and, and just excited for the future for you and, and for you know, everything that you're working on. So that's, that's my yeah, soapbox. Cool. Thank you <laughs> so much for what you do. Yeah. Hey, it's, our, it's our pleasure. You know, one, one of our core values is transformation and the way we frame it internally is it sort of uh, has three dimensions, one of which is transformation of self. So as an employee, we want, we want you to transform uh, in your career at LinkedIn and, and beyond uh, transformation of the company. So when I talk about leverage and leadership, those are, you know, very much, uh, in support of that, that, uh, element of the, the, uh, the value. And then thirdly is transformation of the world, which is, I think one of the things that I maybe didn't appreciate in past careers that I've really learned to, um, value in terms of where I work is like, um, you know, very excited about our mission. And, you know, it's not just about, um, selling a piece of software and creating, you know, revenue for the for the company. I mean, we are we are here to transform um, the the sales function and and you know really create economic opportunity for 
every member of the global workforce is the highest order, you know, company vision. And so, uh, you know, being able to do that, you know, and, and call it a job and get paid for it, <laughs> it's like, you know, I feel, I feel pretty blessed. It's, uh, it's been a fun journey. You did. I mean, and I'll put in a plug, you know, there's a handful of sales and sales development leaders that I think would be an awesome experience for, to work for. And so if anyone's listening to this, it's like, Brian is one of those people. Uh, Brian, Ralph Barcy, you know, <laughs> a few, a few, yep. Russ Hurl, a few people that w- it would be an amazing experience. So I know that you guys are looking for top talent in sales development. So I'm sure that you'll get a flood of <laughs> resumes or LinkedIn profiles after this. But yeah, that it's, it's, um, it's a great company, great leadership. And Brian, thank you so much for jumping on the call today for the sales development podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure, David. It's been, it's been a lot of fun and uh, thank, thanks again. I, I really appreciate it and, and congrats on all the work you're doing as well. All right. Thanks a lot. Is your sales development program firing on all cylinders? Are your people, processes, and technology aligned to get you the appointments, pipeline, and close one you need to be able to hit your goals? Finding experts in the field of sales development is a real struggle, but you have to hit your pipeline numbers today, not sometime in the future when you can step back and take a wider look at your program. TenBound is ready to help. Head over to TenBound.com for more information and to sign up for a free assessment of your current program. That's 10bound.com.